a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources. This is Taylor Morgan, joined by Mara Carabello, filling in today for Boyd Matheson. Mara, homelessness is a growing problem. It's an issue that affects so many people across the country. Uh, Utah is no exception. Here in Utah, not only do we have a significant number of homeless individuals, but we have a lot of homeless women. Uh, According to some new reports, 39% of those who access homeless services in 2021 uh, were female. Uh, This is a new study from the Utah Women and Leadership Project. And we have now joining the program Dr. Emily Dorowski, who is the Associate Director for the Utah Women and Leadership Project. Emily, welcome to the show. And what can you tell us about homelessness among not just all Utahns, but particularly women here in Utah? Yes, thank you, Taylor, for having me on the program. I'm glad to be talking with you today. Just to give a little bit of you know, broader context about Utah. So in, in 2021 as a whole, we saw that over 24,000 people accessed homeless services in Utah. And like you said, 39% of those were women. A lot of those are, are, are white women. But if we look at the percentage of different races in Utah, we see that certain races are more are disproportionately affected by homelessness, specifically Hispanic women, Black and African-American women, American Indian and Alaskan Native women, and Pacific Islander and Native Hawaiian women. Um, We can also examine some of the factors that influence homelessness in Utah and among women. Some of the primary factors are things like mental health conditions, chronic health conditions, physical disability, substance use, and also fleeing domestic violence. So of those factors, um, can can we talk a little bit? So domestic violence is largely unique to women within the homeless population, I suspect. Are there other indicators within the uh, factors that you just said that are more unique to women, whether that's substance abuse or mental health, or, or um, is it mostly uniquely domestic violence that puts women in a situation where they might find themselves homeless? That's a great question. So of the factors that women reported, the one with the highest frequency is mental health condition, and next is chronic health conditions. But interestingly, if we look at the data, we are seeing that the number of women accessing homeless services who have experienced domestic violence increased double fold from 2017 to 2021. 
So we're seeing that as an increasingly um, problematic factor. And of those who have accessed homeless services, about um, 26% of all females accessing those services have experienced domestic violence Mm. at some time. Mm. We are joined by Dr. Emily Dorowski, Associate Director for the Utah Women in Leadership Project. We're discussing some new numbers on homelessness, particularly homelessness among women in Utah. Um, Dr. Dorowski, I was a little bit surprised to see that of homeless women in Utah who access services, nearly a quarter of them are under the age of 18. What do you think is prompting homelessness, particularly among so many young women in Utah? Right. And I do want to point out that some of those women may be, you know, accompanying a a parent figure as they're accessing those services. So they aren't Ah. necessarily on their own per se. Um, But I think it does point to um, the fact that we do need to make sure that we're addressing this this issue. We don't want to see the children, our children in Utah experiencing homelessness or needing to access these kinds of services. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah. So I have a question that the research may not have indicated. So <laughs> I apologize if you didn't study this, but we do find again this trend that um, more men are more likely to be homeless than females. But this is showing uh, that it's it's greatly impacting females. And as the conversation just held, it's often maybe single mothers. Uh, I want to pivot a little and say: Does your research indicate um, access to care? differences between men and women so they find themselves experiencing homelessness um are the are the systems set up whether it is behavioral or cultural conditions do women have a harder time accessing care or is gender not a factor in that i would say that based on the data that we provided i i don't personally have an answer to that question um, you know, that these, a lot of these numbers that we're talking about is about access. And what, what we mean by access is, are these individuals accessing services because they're at risk of being homeless, because they're actually experiencing temporary or chronic homelessness, or because they're transitioning to permanent housing? So that's, right. you know, kind of a broad spectrum of why they might be accessing those services. And, and we do know that more males are are accessing those services. So I, I don't have a complete answer about, um, 
you know, the proportion of each gender that are experiencing, you know, risk versus actually being homeless versus transitioning. In this report that we're discussing uh, by the uh, Utah Women in Leadership Project on homelessness among women in Utah, we know that this is based on those who access services, is is my understanding. And what is your sense of what this problem looks like beyond uh, just those that were part of this report, meaning those that access services. Yeah, maybe another data point to share is that there, from the United States Interagency Council on Homelessness, there is an estimation that about on any given day, about a little over 3,100 Utah residents are actually experiencing homelessness. So that can kind of give you a sense of like number of people across a year accessing those services mm-hmm. versus on a given day, how many are experiencing um, actual homelessness. So I want to move a, for a second um, to resources and maybe solutions uh, to the overall homeless problem. Um, we have had significantly more funding coming from the state than has been in the last couple of years, more than we have had over the last decade. Um, have have there been identified sources for where that money will go? And um, it, will there be a push in this next upcoming session to bring additional resources and what would be the focus of those resources? Uh, good question. So one of the reasons why there was kind of this additional um, input of funding was because of the American Rescue Plan Act. So we got additional federal funds through that to help address homelessness. And part of those funds went to uh, shelter and public safety plans, county match programs, um, and so forth. And we see that um, across Utah, we have 13 local homeless councils that are developed to help address homeless needs in their communities and um, you know, hopefully we can see more funding come in through both the state and through federal resources to help those councils and other individuals in the state who are addressing homelessness be able to increase their services and um, hopefully change outcomes as well. Dr. Emily Dorowski, the Associate Director of the Utah Women and Leadership Project, who led um, a homelessness survey, also uh, supported by the Beasley Family Foundation and the Cantor Family Foundation. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Coming up, we'll take a look at TikTok, so stay tuned to see if it is a security risk. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? 
That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.